Hi everyone and welcome to the Perma Podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. It's really great to be with you all again. I'm really excited to welcome a new guest to the show today. We seem to have a new guest quite often, which is fun. Um, somebody else that I've encountered on Twitter and uh, their work has, uh, yeah, really inspired me. So we're going to hear their story today. Welcome Ali to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to, to, to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, and uh, you're Ali, you're a- a- Anxious by Queen on Twitter. Um, and uh, one of the things I loved about your Twitter bio was it, it, um, that you mentioned Taylor Swift lyrics. <laughs> it may even be on how we connected. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I uh, I feel like anytime I share a selfie or a picture or anything and have a description, it's always Taylor Swift lyrics. So <laughs> sometimes people get it and sometimes people don't. And I think it's funny either way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Her lyrics are amazing. Um, every time I listen to uh, what her best songs, anyway, I hear something new in the same lyrics, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I also make Taylor Swift lyric memes. I don't know if you've seen any of those. I haven't. I don't, how have I missed those? I need to see those. Are they on? Are they on your Twitter? Yes. I'll, I'll send you the the um threads <laughs> oh i have to have a look at those uh, twitter I, I, I follow so many people sometimes i don't see everything i'm gonna make a point of uh, looking for those in future um taylor Swift is kind of a by a, a kind of a little mini theme of this podcast because we've had a few episodes specifically about taylor swift and this one probably won't be about specifically about taylor swift but it will be a, a subplot if that makes sense i suppose <laughs> I have a feeling there will be many subplots. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, so so um, so tell us a bit about about you, and, and then we can get into your story. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I'm Allie. My pronouns are they, she, and Fay. Um, I'm very uh, active on Twitter. <laughs> I am very open about um, anything and everything, whether that is like um, gender identity and mental health and um, and things like that. Um, I live in uh, rural Southeast Kansas and um, I started a LGBTQ um, support organization down here. And um I also am a small business owner of the Witchy Bibliophile. And um, yeah, I should have I should have like written something down whenever I came on here. I'm just like, I'm just gonna wing this. <laughs> it's your first podcast. It is. <laughs> oh wow. I have lots of people on here who who it's their first podcast. Um, so it's fun. Yeah, no, no. I mean I don't think there's any right way to this to do it. Like you know, do I just give my Twitter bio or do I, you know, um, yeah, but, um, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you do do all that great stuff that, and you know, I, I love your tweets, just your tweets. They're quite inspiring and encouraging. Um, so tell us a bit about your own story and, um, how you kind of came into that, that work and what you do. Um, yeah. 
so so like many of us um that have connected on twitter you know uh i'm ex-evangelical and um ex-christian now but so that kind of history of um growing up in conservative evangelicalism and a household that was very silent on um, taboo topics um, that I talk about all the time now. (laughs) Um, And uh, that, you know, religious trauma, uh, of course, had an impact on me um, as I grew older. And I was very, very much attached to, you know, my faith um, up until up until I left, um, left my home, um, to go to college and, you know, kind of explore the world on my own. Um, I was also, you know, homeschooled. So very, very much in in a bubble (laughs) of everything. Um, I only knew people who thought the same way as, you know, my family and my parents. And, um, and so I had a very you know, limited view of, of the world, I think, um, until until I yeah left my home and, and started kind of exploring, um, you know, different uh, worldviews, I guess. Um, so that's kind of like my background as far as like home life and how I grew up and everything. I mean, yeah, I mean, like you say, a lot of people um, who we all know, who we kind of move in circles with and who've been on this show have this kind of background of growing up in kind of a top, in kind of toxic religion and having to break free of that. One of the things that you, that you said that, I, that really stood out, I think, was this kind of when you're around people like you, you believe the same thing. You don't think anything else. It's you don't know anything else. Yeah. So you think everything else is like strange, or I think they call it the world, don't they? Like um, <laughs> when you're in there, it's like the world tale tells you this, or whatever, or whatever. That this is the truth. The world. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, be in the and world, not of it. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I think my, you know, my parents homeschooled me and my siblings is like we don't we don't want that outside influence of sin and worldly um, views, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I was lucky actually. My parents, my parents weren't, weren't kind of hardcore devoted Christians. They were quite healthily grounded in uh, outside the church. Um, Although they had a kind of, they had a faith. It wasn't kind of hardcore fundamentalist, evangelical, anything like that. So we had a, we had a, we had a grasp of reality and um, didn't have any shame about being who we were. But nevertheless, I ended up being part of. I did certainly. My sister didn't. She kind of just sort of escaped from it quite early. But I ended up being uh, quite heavily kind of immersed in the evangelical culture um especially at university <laughs> which is which is like in the late nine which was it was the late 90s here so it was the toronto blessing and evangelicalism was coming over here that's how i got into it um but yeah it's like when you're in that space it's like a bubble like you, you're kind of hidden from 
from the real world in one sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had I had little snippets. I feel like you know through through high school especially where I would see like you know other views because um, I had I worked at a coffee shop and so you know lots of different people come in and out of there and my coworkers I remember having conversations with a with a coworker who was like about you know ten years older than me when I was like sixteen <laughs> and and she kind of challenged you know some of those views but she was very kind and um, respectful in it she's just like well you know, what about this? And what about that? And I, and I was like, I never even thought about that. <laughs> like, I remember having a conversation with her once about just creationism. And she's like, well, isn't one day for the Lord much different than one day for us? Like, how do you know that seven days were actually like 24 hour days? And we were discussing creationism and evolution and oh that sort of thing. And, and I was like, no one has ever said that to me before. <laughs> and so <laughs> there were little snippets, I think, as as I went through. But but yeah, mostly was that sheltered kind of bubble. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and it takes something dramatic often to shake you out of that. Like what was, what was the thing that kind of started to make you question everything, started to make you explore something different um yeah yeah i i think it was um for for many people i think it it's a it's a big moment but for me i think it was many small moments kind of stacked on top of each other you know throughout um kind of young adulthood but definitely the beginning of that was was just you know going to a university and kind of exploring myself and what I wanted to to do and you know changing my major like five times and and interacting with all these different people working for the um, university newspaper and and um, getting to talk to people from different backgrounds and international students and and that sort of thing um, but the big thing that that I did in in college was um, peer education and related to like public health and violence prevention. And so when I got involved in that, I went through um, classes related to um, public health. I'm so sorry. Those were my dogs. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There's always um, someone, you know, very suspicious walking by our house, I'm sure. Um, But I was involved in those classes and I learned more about, um, hold on just one second. The benefits of live recording and edited recording. This is uh, fantastic. (laughs) So, um, I learned more about, uh, sex education, for example, um, than I ever had <laughs> in my entire life um, in just one semester of you know, learning about public health and um, sex education and drug and alcohol abuse and all sorts of different uh, mental health um, issues um, in order to be a peer educator to go educate students about these issues. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that really um, just immersed me into something that, you know, I'd never been talked, nothing like that had ever been talked about in my family or in my homeschool group or in my church. Um, and I, I think I was kind of um, enraged by that a little bit and that kind of fueled me. <laughs> Um, but I didn't really know that that was enraging to me for a while. Um, as an Enneagram one, I kind of stuffed down my anger a lot and repress that, um, repress those emotions, um, repress, you know, who I am. And I did that for a long time. Um, so learning about, you know, all these different issues, um, and not having those conversations, you know, as I was younger about mental health and things like that, I started to realize, Hey, I may have anxiety, you know, I may have depression. Um, and then, you know, Hey, I may have issues around my body. I may have issues around, you know, sex and sexuality (laughs) being immersed in purity culture. And so those things really made me start to question a lot of the things I was taught growing up. Um, And so that was kind of the first step in unlearning a lot of what I was taught um, as a young person. And I could keep going unless you have questions. (laughs) No, keep going. Keep going, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, I kind of fell into violence prevention work and advocacy related to working with victims of violence, whether that's domestic violence or sexual violence. And, um, you know, that, that made me really realize and reflect on my own trauma. Um, not necessarily, you know, um, violent trauma, but emotional abuse going on in my family. Um, religious abuse going on in my church and in my homeschool group, you know, um, when you're starting to work with, with victims of trauma, it really makes you reflect and recognize your own. Um, or you just get triggered a lot and you're like, what is happening? (laughs) Um, which that happened too. I'm like, I don't understand why this is, why this is happening right now. And so that made, you know, me reflect a lot. Um, but, but really I think, um, the students that I worked with once I um, started doing advocacy, I, I worked with a bunch of students who um, were peer educators. And so I advised them and, and um, you know, taught them things, which made me, when you teach other people, they teach you more than you teach them. <laughs> um, and so they taught me so much yeah, about about the world and about life and about, and how much, you know, um, just I was missing, I guess, um, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And it made me really start to reflect on my own um, insecurities and, and everything I had repressed, whether that, and, and you know, I, I didn't really real, recognize like my sexual sexuality or my gender identity until more recently. And so it was when I was working with students and starting to um, do trainings on um, LGBTQ identities that I was like, wait a second, 
<laughs> I'm not straight. And and then, you know, once I kind of accepted, oh yeah, hey, I'm 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 bi. And then I kind of um learned more about the asexual spectrum and I'm like, hey, I'm I'm demisexual. And and then, you know, that just kind of evolved into like, oh wait, I've been questioning whether I'm I'm cisgender or not for a long time. But I, you know, didn't really want to face that um, and recognizing that I'm gender fluid and non-binary. So just led to a lot of discoveries and unlearning things that I was taught throughout my life um, and how much my identity and my beliefs did not coincide with evangelicalism um, and even Christianity, honestly, um, how those just did not mesh. And I could not, you know, live like that anymore. Um, I could not live like I had two lives. Um, I could not live in repression any longer. Um, I had to live authentically and um, stop lying to myself and other people about who I was. And that's really when I started to find really true friendships um, and connections is when I was being vulnerable and whenever I was being authentic. Um, that's when I drew in friendships and people that um, have sustained me and um, given me real, you know, real life the last several years. Um, because that that's when I realized, you know, all of those Christian friendships I had, they were really fake. <laughs> and they did not give me, you know, the what I have now with the friends that I have now. Yeah, it's interesting that because that's something I've I've actually begun to realize in the last year or year or so is that because I'm moving to a new place soon, um, I'm going to be on my own. You know, part of my birth family is moving away, and I threw it. And one of the things that scared me, and I talked to my therapist about this, was you know I haven't got anyone really. I've got a couple of old friends who I still see and a few cousins around here and stuff, but that's it. Like all the friends that I had were my church friends, and when I left the church, they just disappeared almost mm-hmm. like as if they'd never been my friends, and or our friendship was conditional, um, which isn't real friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like you, it's kind of oh gosh, right? Okay, I've got to basically start over and build myself from scratch and build some real authentic genuine friendships uh i'm gonna have to when that happens which is going to be soon you know and so yeah i kind of resonated with that that's and that's also quite encouraging for me because it shows it's possible and i've definitely built some real authentic friendships on social media for sure and i've kind of got to know myself and i mean i've i've been on a similar journey in certain terms of realizing that i was demisexual um and um hetero tetroromantic as well um and that was something i didn't expect um but now feels really true <laughs> um and yeah it's funny isn't it like when you start going down the rabbit hole 
when you start asking <laughs> questions, when you start exploring, when you start opening yourself up, you start to discover more of yourself. Yeah. And then some of the things that you've discovered you're, just seem so obvious to you now. <laughs> and you're like, how did I not know this before? But for me, I was I was so repressed and so terrified of rejection and what other people thought of me. Um, but realizing that true friendship is not like that. My friends now do not reject me. They love me for exactly who I am and love me even more for sharing that for, with them. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of this paradox, isn't it, that you're taught to repress who you are or to fit a certain mold and that you know that that's the way it has to be but it's actually once you realize that that's not actually how it has to be and you start to actually be true about who you are that you start to find real connection exactly yeah i remember reading um a love warrior um Oh, yes, I love that book. And way back when, and, well, her first two books I wrote, well, is it Love Warrior? But uh, I remember she talked about, she she decided, like, she's she's just going to be open and honest about everything from here on out. And, <laughs> and I was like, yes, <laughs> um, that's that's what's going to happen and honestly life is so much better when it's that way and i feel so much freer there's not that burden of uh i need to tell someone something about my identity and i don't know if they will you know accept me or not um and honestly i kind of welcome i honestly thought that a lot more people would hate me than they do <laughs> I was just like, at one point I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like, come at me, like <laughs> come with pitchforks for the witch, you know, <laughs> because more recently I uh, was interviewed by a local newspaper, just like a personal profile. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. Cause like, I was just so open and honest in that. And the biggest thing, you know, was talking about how I am a witch and practice witchcraft. And I was like, this little town is not going to like that. Um, and I was totally ready. I was like, they're going to come at me and everyone's going to hate me. But that's not what happened at all. Um, there was a quote I said, th there was something I said to the interviewer. I, you know, I said, um, I said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tone myself down for anyone. You know, if, if I'm too much for someone, you know, they can choke. <laughs> um, if I'm too much for them to swallow, you know, they can choke. And uh, you put that in the article and I was like, oh, oh crap. Like <laughs> now people are really going to hate me, but James, that's not what happened at all. You know, a lot of people, were um, they loved the article <laughs> and I was so put off. I was like, what? Cause I told my spouse, I was like, get ready. They're going to come with pitchforks. Like, <laughs> uh, but that's not what happened. 
people respected me for being, you know, real, even if they, you know, themselves, you know, don't have the same beliefs as I do. That's fantastic. I mean, that's really, really encouraging because, like you say, you'd expect when you when you start to come go public about, you know, about being a witch and about you know, your gender identity and all of those things in public in in the place that you live, it would it, it would be it would be understandable to expect, <laughs> like you know, I, I, that's it for me. I'm I'm done. <laughs> like. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be loved ever again. <laughs> like, but yeah, that's incredible. I think <laughs> I think when people, I think when people, people can 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 tell when somebody is being truthful. That uh, when somebody is really vulnerable and honest about who they are, I think I think people can connect with that. And even if they don't like it, they can somehow connect with something that is really true. And maybe that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I think a lot of times when you're, you know, open and honest and authentic with people, even people you just meet, you know, they're like, oh, this is refreshing. Like, okay, I can actually, you know, have a conversation with these people. Um, and, And I don't know. I feel like that's how it is a lot of times in the LGBTQ community, that's what we talk about all the time. And so when I'm not with people like that, I'm like, oh, like, how do you all live? (laughs) Like, how, how do you live without, like, just trying to fit into this mold and trying to be really professional all the time? And, and I'm like, that's not how people are. That's not human. Um, And I think, I think um, leaving the uh, world of, you know, nine to five um, full-time work um, kind of gave me the freedom to say and do whatever I want because I, once I started my business, I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to be the kind of person that um, makes everything all real pretty all the time. I'm going to be I'm going to be real with this business and I'm going to be me. And that's, that's part of the product, you know? Um, And so by naming my business, you know, the witchy bibliophile, like I was putting it out there, like, yes, I'm a witch. And this is, you know, what I do. I, I make upcycle bookmarks, upcycle tarot and Oracle cards into bookmarks and, and use herbalism in making bath soaks and things like that. Um, but I'm also me and I'm not gonna, you know, put on some professional face to go out there and try to, you know, get all the granola moms to buy my bath soak. Hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody else about like, um, uh, spiritual capitalism and how (laughs) some people kind of use, use kind of these spiritual journeys like to manipulate people and make profit right um and this but there's some really good people out there who are doing the opposite who are all genuinely on that journey and just want to help people and and yeah they want to make make money and because you have to pay the bills right Uh, but 
Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, uh. <laughs> um, yeah right. You know, cause, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just the way way capitalism is, right? <laughs> we all yeah. have to pay bills at the end of the day. Um, but the, but but yeah, what you're doing is really authentic and real, and and like wanting to help people, and and yeah, everything that we've heard today so far, it's like is is that you are who you are, and you are that person without any fear or shame and completely honest and vulnerable. And that's how we should all be. Um, and that's a great example to, to, to so many people. Yeah. Like I've been through a lot of therapy <laughs> yeah. uh, and a lot of coaching and a lot of, you know, mentorship and stuff. It's not like, you know, I, in, Let's see, it was 2018. I was like, okay, because before that I had been to a, a couple therapists and it didn't didn't go so well. Like I had some negative experiences. Um, and also I wasn't doing the work. You know, I was going and I was sitting there and I was trying to fit the mold of what I was like, what does this therapist want from me? Like, how can I, you know, get an A in therapy? <laughs> Um, yeah. And in in 2018, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go find a therapist, and I'm actually going to work on myself, and I'm going to work through some of this religious trauma, some of this, you know, purity culture shame that I'm experiencing. Um, talk through, you know, me figuring out like my sexual orientation and identity and things like that. And also, you know, the fact that I'm like anxious all the time. <laughs> um, and so in 2018, I started that. And like from then till now, I've been through three therapists because <laughs> I fired the first two <laughs> after a little while. Um, yes, you can fire your therapist. Please do it if they don't <laughs> fit, for, if they're not a good fit for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So the first therapist they went to, you know, I think I learned something from each, you know, each therapist. And then I found someone that I could stick with after a while. But the first therapist, well, first, before I started therapy, I made a, a deal with myself. I was like, you will never lie to your therapist. Because before I was lying to my therapist. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no, like, I'm fine. Or I, I don't experience that. Or not really telling the full truth um, of what was going on. Because I was really terrified of rejection from a therapist you know <laughs> no i i feel that i feel that completely i yeah i have rejection sensitive dys, dysmorphia i you know i've had abandonment trauma i i totally get that yeah <laughs> yeah i've i've seen you tweet about that and honestly i've looked into it and i'm like i may have that too <laughs> um but i you know so i made that deal with myself and it was terrifying um, because, you know, when a question, when a therapist asked me a question, I'm like, oh, I need to, I'm going to need to tell her something that I've never told anyone before. And that's terrifying. Um, but I got through it. Um, I, I, and that first therapist, you know, let me realize that I did have depression and that I should go on antidepressants and that, you know, medication isn't something that's, terrible or awful or makes you less than in any way. And so I thank her for that. Um, 
And, you know, in other ways, she wasn't a good fit for me. Um, she really did not understand LGBTQ identities. And I felt after a while, felt like I was educating her. Um, so at that point, I was like, okay, we've done all we can do. And she was she was scared that I wasn't going to go back to therapy. She's like, I don't care if you know you see me anymore. I'm like, oh no, I was texting another therapist in the waiting room. Like I'm good. <laughs> um, so I I moved on to another one, and and then eventually found the person that I am seeing today, and and saw pretty regularly for about a year, um, and now I'm I'm not seeing her as regular regularly, um, but. I remember telling her things, you know, when you tell someone something that you've never told anyone before, you're like looking at them and you're like waiting for their reaction, right? Like, what will they do? Will they, will they reject me? Will they look shocked? Will they gasp? Will they be like, send me to, you know, institutionalize me? Will they, what will they do? (laughs) Um, But, but, you know, Julie, she, she was, just the way she accepted everything I told her. And, you know, there were times when I'm like, I, this, this is, this is kind of crazy. Like, I, I don't think people should think like this. And she's like, well, she would always say things like, you know, based on your background and what you've told me, actually those thoughts, those intrusive thoughts you're having actually make sense. (laughs) you know, based on your experiences and why those thoughts would be coming up. And so we would talk through that. And, um, and also she always, and since I had made that deal with myself to, to always tell the truth um, to my therapist, you know, a lot of, and I got so comfortable with her that I would just blurt things out that I'm thinking. um, And James, I'm really, really mean to myself in my head sometimes. <laughs> um, I have yeah, that. I resonate with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that inner critic. Um, and I've named her. She's she's a not a good person, but her name is. I named her Mindy, and I'm like, oh, Mindy, you need just need to go away. Um, but Mindy would, you know, tell me things and criticize me, and and so sometimes those things would come out in therapy, and I would say them out loud. And my therapist would just be like, she'd repeat it back to me. Uh, there was this one, and, and then it would, I would hear how ridiculous it sounded, you know? Um, and I'm like, why would I say something about like that about myself? Um, there was one particular moment where I had recently found out that, you know, I, I had hurt a friend of mine um, by something that I said. But at the time, I, I didn't know. Um, that it affected them in that way. And I found out and I just went into this shame spiral, right? And I was like, oh, I'm such a terrible person. I have hurt this friend of mine and we're never going to recover. And I I don't even deserve them as a friend. And, you know, I was going into all this stuff and I was, and I had a therapy appointment soon after that. So I was telling my therapist all of this and and she's like, but you, you didn't intend to hurt this person. You know, you, that was not intentional. And at the time I was like, that doesn't matter. I still hurt them. And then I started talking about like different horrible people in history. 
I'm like, I bet they didn't intend to hurt people. <laughs> and I brought up like Hitler and I was like, Hitler probably didn't mean to hurt people. And, <laughs> and oh she's my like, goodness. She was like, Allie, did you just compare yourself to Hitler? <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess I did. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I had gotten into this, you know, rhythm where I, I just blurted things out to her, which I think was actually very helpful because then she saw what was going on inside my head. <laughs> That's really healthy to talk about it, honestly. If those things are inside, uh, anyone listening, if you've got all this stuff going on inside of you, the best thing to do is to get it out in a safe place with an expert, with a professional, if possible, but get it out. Um, don't leave it in there. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, I think, really helpful just being being in that space of I'm never going to lie to my therapist and having that that trust with her. I was able to, you know, share some of the things going on in my head. And so she knew what that inner critic looked like and what that self-talk looked like for me and was able to kind of reflect that back to me and talk through it and realize um, and focus on, you know, more positive things and not go into shame spirals. I'm still struggling with that sometimes. Um, but you know, I think, I think therapy is so helpful in that area. Um, and I know that we both have a, um, a mutual friend, Jamie Lee Finch too. And, um, I went through, (laughs) I went through embodiment coaching with her in 2018 too. (laughs) Yeah, I did a couple of years ago. Yeah. 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 So um, that was amazing, too. Um, so I got to really, you know, get to know and meet um, probably for the first time my body and um, and get to know her. And um, that was a really amazing experience, too. So I went through, um, you know, therapy, um, embodiment coaching with Jamie, and um, I started uh, having Reiki done. Um, on me as well um, from a Reiki practitioner um, local to me and I still still have that done pretty regularly and she talks about it now with me (laughs) she's like the first time you came in you were so closed off that I could barely read the energy off of you and and now it's like completely different you know (laughs) I'm so completely open um and uh talk with her through things and i was so closed off too whenever i first came of because i was so angry of the harm and the hurt that i had experienced in my faith before um that i was completely closed off to a lot of spiritual things in general um and not realizing you know that i could have another spiritual journey that was healthy yeah, uh, yeah, that's wow. That's amazing to hear this story. Um, so much, so much courage and honesty, and like this is like this is doing the work. This is what I talk about this on my on my Twitter feed a lot. Like, we to if we want to grow, we have to kind of be willing to face the truth of who we are and to name what's going on inside of us and to get to know our ourselves and to feel our trauma to feel our grief to name it um and 
it's only then that we start to be transformed and healed and stuff. And, it, and your story sounds like a absolute amazing example of that. Um, and you're right. I mean, I did, I, I, I did, I did work with Jamie a couple of years ago, and I started therapy at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I was doing therapy at the same time I was seeing Jamie. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it was, uh, and I'm still doing therapy now, you know. But, um, but it was, it was really, really powerful. And some of the therapy I, I was doing was internal family systems, which is basically talking to parts of your body or to parts of your brain, the tra- to trauma wounds in your brain, and personalizing them and building relationships with them and healing them. Um, and so it all kind of tied in. Uh, and that was so, that combination was so healing for me. Um, and that process of getting to know my body was, was again, same with you um really powerful and it just helped me connect with myself and it sounds like you've had almost a similar experience so yeah um if that's not a recommendation for uh embodiment coaching and therapy i don't know what is so <laughs> um yeah fantastic um um i really yeah, I appreciate wish, you I really, Go sorry no. I, I really wish you know therapy was more accessible to more people because I know that that's a a huge barrier. Um, People getting help is not that they don't want to, but they can't um, afford it or they don't have um, practitioners in their area that are LGBTQ affirming or, um, you know, practice uh, therapy techniques that they need for like EMDR for trauma or, you know, other things like that. Yeah, I know that's, and that's something I struggle with as well. I couldn't, I haven't been able to afford to see a therapist every week. Mm-hmm. I have to limit it to once a month, and that's, uh, which is kind of been a bit, 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 bit frustrating, but it's still been helpful for me. Um, um, yeah, that is that's something that I still get frustrated about that therapy is so expensive, and yet everybody, I think everybody needs it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Like we need more therapists, and we need also more support for people to get therapy because therapists should be paid well because of the job that they do and the emotional toll that it takes. Um, but at the same time, we need access to everybody for therapy if they, if they want it. So yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big challenge, especially now with you know the pandemic where everyone's going through this collective trauma mm-hmm. um, as well as their own trauma as well. And yeah, yeah. Um, it is something that, that needs to change. Um, but thank you for sharing your story. I really appreciate you being so honest and vulnerable and, yeah, courageous. And I'm sure that other people who are listening will resonate and be encouraged by that because I think when we share our stories and when we're as vulnerable as you've been today, that it actually helps other people. So thank you. Yeah, I, I do think, you know, sharing our own stories and uh, gives other people courage to, you know, accept who they are and share with the world who they are. And, you know, me reading other people's stories or hearing other people's stories did the same thing for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. And thank you for sharing yours today. Um, how can people find you on uh on the interwebs 
Yeah, so I'm I'm on Twitter. Um, my handle is anxious by queen. Um, my handle on Instagram is the same, and I have I have links there too to um, you know my uh, my small business, the witchy bibliophile, my um, website, thewitchybibliophile.com, where um, you can find all my things, and um, as well as like my my Patreon, which I um, have related to my business that has a subscription box. Um, it has, you know, bookmark of the month, a bunch of different tiers. So, um, yeah, you can find me on, on Twitter, Instagram there and find my link tree to other places. Fantastic. I would highly recommend that to everybody, especially those Taylor Swift memes. I'm looking forward to seeing those. Um, <laughs> they would be fun. We didn't even talk about Taylor Swift. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> um, that's incredible that nothing nothing Taylor Swift came up. Um I'm sure it'll come up if we if you come on again. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Well thank you and um and, th- and everyone just yeah, uh, follow Ali. Um they're really inspiring and uh and they're doing great work. So yeah, thanks for listening everybody. <laughs>